Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today's discussion is very important. But before we get into that, let's have a word of prayer so that the Lord will be with us as we study from his holy word. So with that, let's bow our head and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another day of life and health. Lord, we thank you for all of the blessings that you have given us. There are so much to be thankful for. We have life and health and family and friends and whatever it might be. We have clothes and food and the air that we breathe is a gift from you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we ask that you be with us as we study your holy word. Help us to learn and glean from it. Help us to be more like you. Help us to be ready for when you come in the clouds of glory. Please help our characters to continue to grow more like yours day by day, moment by moment. We ask all these things in your precious Holy Son's name. Amen. All right, so we've been talking a lot lately about forgiveness and angels and demons. And the thing that keeps coming up is how we sin and how the devil wants us to fall into sin. But the question a lot of us have is how do we avoid that situation? How do we overcome sin? And this is a really important question because eventually we want to get to the point where we don't even want to do any evil thing. And the questions people have, is it possible to overcome? Like Jesus overcame. Can I do that today? And if I can, how do I do this? Even the very smallest trial, there's a lot of people out there who believe that they can't overcome, that it won't be until we're translated that we have perfect characters. Well, that is not the case. We need to have our characters prepared before the translation happens. And it is possible. We can gain the victory. And these are the questions that are going to be answered today. So this is a very serious thing because how can we go up against all the big trials that are about to happen without first passing through these small trials? And the answer is that we can't. If we do not first overcome the small trials and tribulations or overcome any sin that so easily besets us, we will not be part of the kingdom of heaven. And that's a very somber thought. But don't lose hope. We are given such great assurances of how we can overcome all is not lost. And we just have to do what is written down before us every single moment of every single day. The Christian walk is not an easy one. We're not promised sunshine and roses the whole way. No, there's going to be storm clouds, rain, thunder, the hurricanes, and any other awful natural disaster you could think of, it does happen to us at one point in time. Bad things do happen. And we're tempted by all sorts of things in our life. And sometimes when we overcome one sin, another one presents itself. But again, we have hope. We are told all along that we can gain the victory. And we're told how we can do it and how we need not fall into the pit of despair because we keep falling into temptation. There's a way out, and all we need to do is stretch forth our hand to the Savior, and he will take hold and pull us out of the miry clay. See, Psalms 42 says, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. 
So right here we have the promise that the Lord will pull us out of this miry clay that the devil wants to set us in. Whatever it might be, depression or some sin that you're struggling over, if you reach out, God will reach out too. There are several things that we can do to resist the devil. And it's amazing how many things that the Lord has given us so that we can resist temptation. Jesus himself gives us the example of what he did in the wilderness. You can read about it for yourself in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. And when you read it, you'll notice how Jesus answers the devil. He quotes scriptures to rebuke the devil. Now, he could have used his own words, but he didn't. He used the words in the Bible so that we know what we can do. Jesus passed all the tests that the devil brought before him. And when he finally passed the last test, he told the devil this in Matthew 4, verses 10 and 11. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Right away when we feel the temptation to do something wrong, we need to immediately start praying and quoting scriptures, rebuking the devil, and then start thinking of heavenly things. You can also start singing hymns. The heavenly music drives the demons insane. They'll flee away from that because they don't like hearing that pure holy music anymore. And we can also start praising the Lord. There is a story in the Bible where they praised the name of Jesus and started singing. And because of their singing, the enemy started fighting amongst themselves and defeated each other instead of them having to raise the sword against them. And there are all of these main key components in fleeing the devil. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's so many examples of this in the Bible, but one of my favorite examples is Joseph. He was tempted by a beautiful woman, but what did he say and do when that temptation was brought forth? Genesis 39 verses 9 and verse 12. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? and sin against God. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and fled, and got him out. So when this beautiful woman presented herself to him, he spoke up immediately and told her that he would not sin against God or her husband. And when she persisted, he fled the room. He didn't stay around to be tempted to do what was wrong. He ran away from it. And because of it, he was falsely accused and sentenced to prison. But God worked through him and used that to bring him into the position of second in command over all of Egypt. Never once did Joseph complain about his circumstances or blame the Lord for the bad things that occurred in his life. He knew that the Lord would be with him no matter what, and Joseph trusted the Lord with his life. Another great example is the three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had to stand up for what was right, though everybody around them was bowing down to the huge statue, but they didn't. 
They could have, but they made the choice not to do what everybody else was doing. They were not going to bow down to any other god except for their god. And because of it, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And as a result, Nebuchadnezzar saw Jesus among Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he was converted. He brought the men out of the fire. That fire was so hot, it burned the people who put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fire. But they came out with not one inch of their skin harmed. No, not even the smell of fire was on them. That is amazing. That is a miracle. I wish I could go back in time and see that actually happen. It would be so amazing to see that happen in real life. And Daniel, the same thing. He wouldn't bow down and pray to any other god but his own. And because of that, he was thrown into the lion's den and came out unharmed. And he was thrust into a world, all of them were thrust into a world that were not their own, full of wickedness. But they never succumbed to the temptations around them. They didn't bow down. It says in CTBH 22.1, In the Babylonian court, Daniel was surrounded by allurements to sin. But by the help of Christ, he maintained his integrity. He who cannot resist temptation with every facility which has been placed within his reach is not registered in the books of heaven as a man. The Lord never places men in positions so trying that it is beyond their power to withstand evil. Divine power is ever ready to protect and strengthen him who has been made a partaker of divine nature. That is a very powerful quote. He who cannot resist temptation with every facility which has been placed within his reach is not registered in the books of heaven as a man. That's very daunting. Those are very solemn words. We must resist temptation. We are given every advantage possible. We must reach out to the Lord. And when we are in his hands, we will have that divine nature helping us to overcome the temptations. We cannot wait and just do it because we want to. Too often often we make excuses for our sin or we just plain don't care and we do it anyway or we think there's plenty of time to put off the sin at a later point in time but sometimes it's too late to put away that wickedness we must live every single day as if it's our last and yet still prepare our hearts and our lives for eternity we don't have a moment to lose. Time is so short. The end is very near. And in order to save the fallen race, Christ, the majesty of heaven, the king of glory, laid aside his royal robe and kingly crown, clothed his divinity with humanity, and came to this earth as our redeemer. Here he lived as a man among men, meeting the temptations that we must meet, and overcoming through strength from above. By his sinless life, he demonstrated that through the power of God, it is possible for man to withstand Satan's temptations. We may endeavor to resist temptations in our own strength, doing our best to overcome, but we shall meet with disappointment after disappointment. And thus it is in our efforts to win men and women to the Savior. Dependence on our own wisdom will result in repeated failure, causing us much anxiety and sorrow. This was the condition of mind in which Christ found the fishermen on the shore of the Sea of Galilee after their night of unrewarded labor. Those few paragraphs are found in S.T. May 6, 1908, paragraph 7 and 8. 
And the next one are from S.T. January 30th, 1901, paragraphs 5 through 9. We can hardly conceive what man may become, what God can do through him. Though fallen and degraded, he may, through the merits of Christ, be an heir of immortality, his thoughts elevated and ennobled, his heart purified, his conversation in heaven. Let me say to him who is struggling to overcome, God presents before you a strong hope that you may lay hold on eternal life. Lose not your opportunity for becoming a man. When you look at yourself and think of the strength of temptation, you say, I cannot resist. I tell you that you can resist. Though you are weak and degraded, you may be a child of God. Though self-indulgence has marked your path, it need not always be thus. You can resist temptation. Jesus is your helper. In his strength, you can overcome the power of appetite. Summon willpower to your aid, for unless your will is placed on the Lord's side, you can never be successful in overcoming. In trying to elevate yourself, do not think that you cannot say, I can and I will. God has pledged himself to help you in every determined effort you make to regain your manhood. If you accept his help, you will become a bright and shining light in the world and will at last hear the benediction, well done. I'm just going to pause here and say that this applies to everyone, man, woman, child, young adult, anybody. This applies to all of us. We can overcome through his help. She continues, God created Adam pure and noble, but through the indulgence of appetite he fell. Yet notwithstanding the great gulf thus opened between God and man, Christ loved the hopeless sinner. He left his royal throne clothed his divinity with humanity, and came to our world to bridge the gulf which sin had made, and to unite divine power with human weakness, that in his strength and grace man might wrestle against Satan's temptations, overcome and stand in his God-given manhood, a victor over perverted appetite and degrading passions. The last words of David to Solomon, his son, who was soon to be seated on the throne of Israel, were, Be strong, and show thyself a man. To the weak and tempted one I address the same words, Show thyself a man. I point him to the cross of Calvary. In the name of Jesus I bid him look and live. Destroy not yourself. It is possible for you to gain the ascendancy over appetite and passion. Jesus is reaching over the battlements of heaven to lift you in his strong arms and set you upon your feet. Life is in all cases burdened with weighty responsibilities, and happy will it be for those who brace themselves to meet it manfully, with Christ-like steadfastness, resisting every temptation, with Christ-like fortitude, bearing every trial, and overcoming in the name of the Redeemer. God has made man capable of constant progress in mental and moral worth. No other creature of his hand is capable of such advancement. Man can reach an eminence in self-control that will place him above the slavery of appetite and passions, where he can stand before God with thankfulness and rejoicing. 
To those who are contented with the power of habit, God says, Would you walk by and by the streets of the holy city? Then obey the command, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. I, the infinite God, the creator of the universe, will receive you. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all unfilthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Connect with heaven. Thus you may become children of the heavenly king. Do you want higher honor, greater exaltation? Riches God has in abundance for those who overcome. For the streets of the holy city are paved with gold. It is your privilege to enter this city to partake of the tree of life, to listen to the voice that is sweeter and richer than any music that has ever fell on mortal ears. There is strength in the arm of the Lord. Take hold upon it, and you will one day stand victors in the city of God, each wearing on his brow a crown of immortal glory. Those are such powerful words, so amazing, so encouraging. We can be overcomers through Christ. It should not matter what is going on in this world around us. These riches that are presented before us now mean nothing compared to what awaits for us. Money should be no object. Fancy things should be no object. Those things don't make you happy for very long. They can never fill the void and emptiness that you feel. Only Jesus can fill that emptiness in your heart. Only Jesus can provide for you happiness, true happiness, not happiness that is presented itself in a pretty package. And remember, these things fade away. This life is not forever, but we're promised something way more important. We're promised eternal life, life lived happy and with people who actually care about us. We're promised love, eternal, deep, abiding love from everyone who's in heaven, from the Godhead, the angels, other worlds, and everyone who has gone before us who will be in heaven as well. And it's our choice whether or not to go to Jesus right at the moment of temptation. It's our choice to do what's right. He gives us the freedom to choose between right and wrong. He's not forcing us to do it. He tells us the consequences of the actions of our sins, and he also tells us the rewards of resisting that sin. But it's still up to us whether or not to do it. You have to choose what's most important to you. You have to choose who do you love, because let me tell you, you think you may be doing exactly what you want to be doing and you even may deceive yourself into being happy or think that you're happy but you are serving someone whether you realize it or not whether it's the Lord or the devil and the devil is going to be very happy if you choose all of the wickedness of the world it's him you're worshiping and honoring by choosing to do that evil thing there's nothing without consequences and we have the choice of true happiness over a fake happiness that will eventually fade away. And we are given all of the tools available to keep us from falling into sin. We must die daily, Paul says. We must pray without ceasing. We must praise the Lord through the tribulations and through sunshine. Remember, the stories are endless. For such a time as this, they were chosen for a reason to be examples for us in the future 
so that we can see that we can do it too through the Lord's help. We cannot do it alone. We must put on the armor of God, the armor of light. It will protect us. We must read and study the Bible in the spirit of prophecy. And we must put the word of the Lord in our hearts and hide it there so that we may say it is written just like Jesus did in the wilderness. We must have a relationship with the Lord. It's not just reading and studying our Bibles, but seeking the Lord with our whole heart, our whole soul, and all of our minds. And you know, it's very amazing when we love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. People will start to see the transformation in us. They will say, how can I get what you have? And it is such a powerful testimony. And we're given all the encouragement that we need through the spirit of prophecy in the testimony of Jesus Christ through the Bible. It says in 1 Corinthians 10 13, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. James 1 2 says, my brethren count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. And in James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Second Peter 2.9 says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. In Revelation 3.10, it says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And these are just some of the verses in the Bible that talk about keeping us out of temptation and keeping us from evil. There's so much more. Do a study for yourself about this. It's so encouraging and so amazing. Use these verses when you feel tempted. Quote them. Hide them in your heart. We must draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to us. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. In the name of Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus' name is so powerful and we must work very hard to this end because time is not on our side and it's coming to an end very fast. Things are happening in this world all around us every single day that is fulfilling prophecy. We were told of these events and how they were going to happen. More and more we see the earth falling apart and natural disasters coming fast and more furious than ever before. When we sin, we have an advocate with Jesus, but that time will soon end and soon Jesus is going to come out of the most holy place and intercession on our behalf will be at an end. This is very serious. And that's why we must work every moment of every day, every single hour, we must walk with Christ. Not a second is safe to be out of his presence. It says in the Bible that a righteous man falls seven times. Proverbs 24, 16 through 18, you can read it there for yourself. But the point of the fact is that he keeps getting back up with Jesus' help. And it is only through much prayer that we'll be able to
able to overcome every sin. Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. In AG 254.2-5 it says, Will man take hold of divine power and with determination and perseverance resist Satan as Christ has given him example in his conflict with the foe in the wilderness of temptation? God cannot save man against his will from the power of Satan's artifices. Man must work with his human power, aided by the divine power of Christ, to resist and to conquer at any cost to himself. In short, man must overcome as Christ overcame, and then, through the victory that is, is his privilege to gain by the all-powerful name of Jesus, he may become an heir of God and joint heir with Jesus Christ. This could not be the case if Christ alone did all the overcoming. Man must do his part. He must be victor on his own account through the strength and grace that Christ gives him. Man must be a co-worker with Christ in the labor of overcoming. The victims of evil habit must be aroused to the necessity of making an effort for themselves. Others may put forth the most earnest endeavor to uplift them. The grace of God may be freely offered. Christ may entreat his angels may minister, but all will be in vain unless they themselves are roused to fight the battle in their own behalf. Those who put their trust in Christ are not to be enslaved by any hereditary or cultivated habit or tendency. Instead of being held in bondage to the lower nature, they are to rule every appetite and passion. God has not left us to battle with evil in our own finite strength. Whatever may be our inherited or cultivated tendencies to wrong, we can overcome through the power that he is ready to impart. I'm going to pause and comment on this for a minute and say it doesn't matter what culture may say or even our heritage. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Those things should not matter when we are making a choice. We shouldn't say, oh, well, it's part of my inheritance or it's part of my culture. It's okay to do that. I've heard many people say this. It does not give an excuse to sin. Right here, we're told that we need to overcome those bad, wicked habits. Whether it's food, dress, health, competition, sports, whatever the case might be, we need to get it out of our lives. She continues and says, The strongest temptation cannot excuse sin, however great the pressure brought to bear upon the soul. Transgression is our own act. It is not in the power of earth or hell to compel anyone to do evil. Satan attacks us at our weak points, but we need not be overcome. However severe or unexpected the assault, God has provided help for us, and in his strength we may conquer. So there is going to be times in our life where we're put severely to the test, where we are tempted beyond unimaginable breaking points in our lives but we can overcome we have the choice we must remain strong and firm in Christ we must go to him for help it is a continual effort on our part it's not once saved always saved this is also why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 31 I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord I die daily 
We must die to ourselves on a daily basis, like I said before, by putting away the things we once loved. Colossians 3.2 says, set your affection on things above and not on the things of the earth. As you can see, there's plenty of Bible verses and spirit of prophecy quotes about this topic. And it is possible and we must get this in our lives. Salvation of our souls depends on it. We must confess our sins and strive for the mastery and all things like 1 Corinthians 9 25 says and every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown but we an incorruptible you see men and women give up things all the time in the world to get this position or that position or to prepare for a job and they're fine with the sacrifices they make until you say you need to do it permanently then we change our tune and we're like oh no I can't do that that's too much effort that's too much work you have to ask yourself if it's important if people are willing to give up so much for an incorrect corruptible crown or gold or metal of some sort just for one moment of victory, isn't it worth it to give up all of the sin of the world for eternity? We have to ask ourselves if heaven is worth it. If we love the Lord with all of our hearts and minds, heaven is worth it. Not because of all of the things that we'll gain from heaven and not because of all of the riches of heaven. No, it's because we have something much more valuable. We have the love of a savior. We have infinite love that surpasses any other sort of love that we could find on this earth. A love that never fades, never dies, and true unabiding happiness that anything in this world cannot replace. And I want to be there for that, don't you? I want to be with Jesus, learning from him, talking with him, spending time with him, just exploring and always learning new and wonderful things. The last quote is from SD 156.4. It says, the Savior overcame to show man how he may overcome. All the temptations of Satan, Christ met with the word of God by trusting in God's promises. He received power to obey God's commandments and the tempter could gain no advantage. No advantage can be gained when we have the word of God and Christ in our hearts. We have the best advice. We need only apply it. And I want to overcome sin, don't you? I know I have things in my life that I have to work on. Satan wants us to fail. He wants us to fall into temptation so that we are lost forever. He doesn't want us to be saved. He could care less. In fact, it is his goal to keep us out of heaven. This is why it's important for us to cling to Jesus, to never let go, and to let go of every sin that comes before us. All of the sacrifices are worth it. Jesus gave up everything in heaven for us. Shouldn't we be able to do the same for him? To give up even our very lives if it's required? These are the hard questions we have to ask ourselves. Even if it's some small thing, we have to be willing to give it up. And instead of saying, oh, I don't think the Lord is going to keep me out of heaven if I just do this one small sin. Yes, he will. It was just one small sin that got us to where we are. Eve just bit into a piece of fruit. She did the one thing she was not supposed to do. 
one small tiny thing and thus sin began. No sin is tiny. Every sin is bad. We're given instructions. We're given examples. We're told what's good and what's bad. But if you're still wondering whether something is good or bad to do, if it's right or wrong, pray about it. Study it out. See what you can find for yourselves in the Bible and in the spirit of prophecy and read all that you can and then pray about it. And if you still feel a conviction that it's wrong, then give it up. If you're feeling bad about something, it's usually a sign that you shouldn't be doing it. We're given a conscience for a reason. The Holy Spirit impresses us between right and wrong. We just have to be willing to listen and willing to do it. Whether we love doing this thing or not, whether it's food or clothes or some sort of activity that we do, we must be willing to get that out of our lives so that we may be prepared for a better life. It brings to mind a parable that is in Pilgrim's Progress. When Christian was in the room of the interpreter's house, he saw a man raking the mud, and there was an angel up above him offering him a golden crown. And the man who was raking the mud would not look up. And so Christian asked, what does this mean? And the interpreter said that it means we are given a better offer, but instead of looking up and taking hold of it, we're so focused on the here and now and what we have right in our hands. We don't see what is to be gained if we let go of what we now have in this world. We must be willing to let go and look up and realize that there's so much more waiting out there for us, which is why we need to spread this message to everyone we can so that they have the opportunity to be saved as well. There's room enough for all. They need to know the love of God. That's why so many people commit suicide because they are so depressed and they don't think that there's anything else out there for them. They don't understand that they have a purpose and that purpose in life is to experience the love of God for themselves and then to share it with the world around them. If you're even contemplating on committing suicide, please go get help. Go pray. Go study the word of the Lord. Flee from the devil. The devil wants you to commit suicide so that you aren't saved, so that you die with no hope. That is not what the Lord wants for you in your life. He has so many better things waiting for all of us. And we can overcome through the blood of the Lamb. We must have faith. Faith in the Lord and faith in his promises. Just like the song says, faith is the victory. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe in veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory, all glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road the saints before with shouts of triumph wrought. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath swept on our every feel. The faith by which they conquered death is still our shining shield. Faith is the victory. 
faith is the victory, all glorious victory that overcomes the world. On every hand the foe we find drawn up in dread array. Let tents of ease be left behind and onward to the fray. Salvation's helmet on each head with truth all girt about. The earth shall tremble neath our tread and echo with our shout. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory, all glorious victory that overcomes the world. To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then onward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the host of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. All glorious victory that overcomes the world. We need that faith so that we can get the victory and overcome the evils of the world. I want that victory in Christ, don't you? Remember it says in Matthew 5:16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all that being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.